This podcast is sponsored by Phones for You. Phones for You is one of the UK's largest mobile phone retailers. Visit phonesforyou.co.uk for all the latest mobile phones, tablets, and mobile accessories. Welcome to the 361 Degrees Podcast, Season 6, Episode 4. My name's Ben Smith from Wireless Worker. I'm Rafe Blanford from the All About Sites. I'm Ewan from Mobile Industry Review. Hello, gents. Welcome back. Episode 4. Time is, is cracking past, isn't it? Yes, indeed. Indeed. We're, we're almost... Are we halfway through? No, not quite. We're at four How many four episodes do we have in our... We do, we do ten every season. I'm just checking. I thought it might be eight. No. Right. Did you did you, the, the, you know the previous five occasions when we did this? You didn't see a pattern emerging where we did ten and then we had a little bit of no. Break. It's just you know when you're in it, it's difficult to to know. It's like asking a soap actor, you know, uh, back in episode blah. Do you remember blah in this season? He doesn't know. Oh, I see. I, I think what we I think if, if you carry on like that, what we might do is promote one of the bit part players to your role. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. Thanks very much. Uh, When's the plane well. crash? Indeed, there's going to be a plane crash. As it oh, thanks very much. I see what you've done there. I know. That's great. Yeah. Um, and mm. uh, of course, uh, a special hello, welcome, and big thank you to um, our second uh, sponsor for uh, season six, uh, Phones for You, who are yes, supporting this, this episode. Uh, uh, as ever, we're amazingly grateful to them for all their support and help. Got to and say that is brilliant. Ra- Bramford's Ra- just done the. Ralph uh, Bramford is doing the phones for you. Do that again. Signal. Do that again. Yeah. Phones for. You, very good. It's almost That's right. right. We'll, we'll ha- by the time the podcast makes it onto TV, he'll have that polished up, a treat. But <laughs> joking aside, thank you very much to those guys. Uh, we yes. really appreciate um, I say, all the sponsorship and uh, particularly those, those companies who've had sort of the vision to um, you know, sort of take a bit of a risk, sponsor the podcast and try something new. We'll be coming back to that at the end because we've got uh, some prizes to give away. But uh, first things first, gentlemen, things of the week. You and McLeod, you get to go first. All right. My thing of the week is my Chromebook. Now, I'm not sure if I've talked about my Chromebook on 361 Degrees. I've written about it on Mobile Instant Review, but I haven't talked about it, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know. No, I right, was quite okay. surprised when you whipped it out. Right. <laughs> and then, then and the Chromebook. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that um, I bought the Chromebook. It was an impulse buy. I was walking down the road, having just checked into my hotel, uh, and it was the That's hotel, a funny hotel. The hotel was two hundred. I'll just move on. It's two hundred pound a night. This one, quite annoying. Two hundred pounds a night. And not, oh, sorry. Okay, yeah, I thought, it's straightforward. Like, I just thought for the course in well, London, if you're staying, I just thought it was expensive Chromebook rental. <laughs> two hundred pounds a night. Yeah. No, no, you need to know the hotel was two hundred pounds, one hundred and ninety nine pounds or something, right? Blimey. Um, and I had to buy it last minute. I had to stay there. Blah blah blah. And I'm thinking, this is ridiculous. I need to get a laptop. And I've done something with my Air. I can't remember what I've done with it. I had to give the other MacBook Pro back to the other company I was working with. And I think it's about buy a Mac Pro, do I buy this, back and forward, back and forward. And I walked by the Currys in, in the Square Mart and um, walked in and I, I was hovering over the, with the Amex card out thinking, mm, 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 uh, over the, the Apples, obviously right, the Apple Macs. And then I thought, you know what? And I walked by the Chromebook, I thought, mm, £229. Reduced to two hundred and fourteen pounds if you take out the the Curry's PC World Dixon's special thing and then cancel it the month afterwards. Oh, the extended the extended exactly. which I still haven't done so by the way, just in case I lose it. They got you. Yeah, four pounds, not too bad, but yes, I should do something about that. And I thought, do you know what? Let me get one of these. So two hundred pounds. I thought that's the same as a hotel night, and I need a laptop to use in a hotel and just carry around and blah, blah, blah. 
uh, the screen's not brilliant. You couldn't use this one no. because it's not Retina. This was £214 and then uh, it is throwaway, right? If I lose it, that's not really a problem. The security's no issue because it's your password to log in all the time. But it works beautifully. You just set it up, log in your Google account, done. And you're quite, you're quite Google-centric with all the services. You I am. And it's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. I, it, I don't have to do any thinking at all in that regard because uh, everything just works, and it just works immediately. It's quite strange being liberated from all the nonsense, all the control panel nonsense, because the thing just they, – they've done a lot of work to make sure it just uh, works beautifully. Well, we, should, we should come back to that because it would be interesting to see how you get on. Um, I, well, I can tell you because I've, I've actually had it for almost four months now. Oh. Right, And the biggest problem is using it on the train. Because you don't think about this in that I don't the offline isn't very good in this, right? So you can't easily easily make notes on it. You can you can run Google Mail offline, but if you're trying to do a document, I was trying to write a blog post, um, and the my signal was going up and down. It was useless for that. So it does actually have to be online. Mm-hmm. And that's a, a major problem. There's probably some app or something you can get to make it better, but just out of the box, I've not figured out how to do that yeah. very easily. Without ubiquitous connectivity, yes. all these kind of cloud centers. There's a whole devices, valley thing that re- you require you to be connected all the time. Uh, and as soon as it's unreliable once, that's a bit of a killer for yeah. wanting to but use it all the time. away from it, £200, you want to access your email and do all the critical services. So you, I use Google Drive, Dropbox, it's all here. Uh, Rafe Blanford, uh, a quick thing of the week because you and McLeod hogged so much of the single of the week time. Well, you I wanted me to talk about, about it. it. That's why. I did. I, did. <laughs> I wanted to talk about the May Day function on the new Amazon Kindle because I mm. thought this was a really interesting idea. Now, I, I haven't tried it out, but the idea of this is you press a May Day button and then you video conference with a support technician and can get help setting up the device or troubleshooting. I, and that, there's a certain amount of remote control there a as well. Right, an actual button. There's an actual, yeah, a physical that's right. A software button. A software yeah, button. Yeah, I was going to say, I didn't know. I thought it was software. I, I'm dubious. Uh, so, in the UK at the moment, at the time of recording the show, uh, they're showing an advert promoting this feature and the the experience is seamless and the lady on the Mayday function is well-spoken, thoughtful and jolly helpful and I wonder whether or not that experience will be precisely what you receive or whether there'll be a long pause and, and someone who looks like they've been dragged backwards through a hedge in a call centre is, you know, what? What do you want? Yeah, I- it depends on the in implementation, but what was of interest to me here was, you know, there's been quite a few of these self-serve kind of ways of setting things yeah. up or helping you. This is the first one I can recall that takes ex- advantage of the kind of modern technology to be able to do the video conferencing bit and the remote control. Yeah. It, it just strikes me that's the kind of innovation that you're going to need to get tablets and other devices into that kind of that last thing. When you talk about the adoption curve and things like that, and so the late adopters, it's often you know, almost technology phobic. And I wonder if this is a you know a solution to that. I am. Um, I th- oh. Thank you for pressing the Mayday button. How can I help you? Whoa, who are you? <laughs> I'm Amy, a tech advisor for your new Kindle Fire. I didn't realize I get a live person. Yep, we're here 24-7. We can draw on your screen and even show you how to use different features. Do you look like that? Just press the Mayday button no. and you're here to help? Hit Mayday and I'm coming to the rescue. Amy, I like you. Aw. <laughs> Introducing the revolutionary Mayday Well, there, there you go. There, there, was, there, was, there, was an un, there was an unplanned Amazon Kindle advert in the show. Um, <laughs> I, it, well, it's just, you uh, what, there I, you go. I'm, Everyone's informed now, There right? we go. I, I, I think it's a great idea. I think it, it could be, it, it's, a way to the mar- it's a way to the market, isn't it, right? Yeah. There we go. Right, uh, and my thing of the week is super, super quick. Um, I have been going to Europe a lot. It's jolly nice. You should go there sometime. Uh, but I have been using lots and lots of unlimited roaming data. 
Um, and I think that three are doing a jolly good job. I don't need to pick out the network particularly, but I like the fact that they have moved to a pay-by-the-day model. I was a bit dubious, £5 a day. For well, everybody else here, though. Could rack up quickly, but I like the fact that it turns itself off automatically, and then the next day when you fire up the web browser, it pops you up a little message that says, oh, we've cut you off, but would you like to Would you like to use internet today? And you say yes, and it charges you a fiver, and it works really quickly. That was... Uh, the, for okay, me, I like that. For me, that was the right mix of slightly intrusive, so I knew I was spending a fiver, but not so intrusive as it really made me want to scream, uh, you know, needing to send text messages back. And it worked really reliably as well. And also, it's quite smart that it's got a little thing that in the, if you're in one of the countries where you get the free service, you can press that as well. So it's not just all kind of hidden away from you. You're actually confirmed to you that you're either paying or you're getting it free. Okay, that's nice. So, I mean, hardly, hardly innovative, hardly groundbreaking, but but likely implementation, and sometimes it's about that Actually polish. Works. That, yeah, if it works, it works, and, and that's good. So uh, it would be jolly nice if we could get some of that outside of the outside of Europe, especially for <sighs> so annoying, isn't it? Maybe if AT and T buy Vodafone, well, there we go. So, gents, what are we talking about this week? Uh, this week it's security and privacy. Oh, no. um, or is it? Or is it? <laughs> <laughs> Now, um, we wanted to talk about this for a couple of reasons, but first of all, let's let's lay out the groundwork. It says gesturing wildly yes. in the in the three six one. You mean the landscape? The, the landscape. Groundwork. No, the okay. ground the groundwork of which JCB. underpins the, the landscape. Right, landscape cost extra. Um, so, Edward Snowden, Edward Snowden obviously uh, started a bit of a storm. Uh, he was a, a, an NSA contractor in the states, and this story is now well known. And yep. he's down in in Russia. But what he's done is leaks a huge amount of information which has actually you know made the general public aware that of the huge amount of or confirmed the suspicion well from my from my perspective as someone who has previously worked in the criminal justice sector in the UK so that's helping government police forces government agencies those sorts of things not actually to do any kind of you know, ooh, spooky kind of stuff. It's it's just what he says, listen, yeah, what he know, says. But but you know, just building IT systems for them. Mm-hmm. And if you said to me, if you said to me, and ma- many of my colleagues, like you know, you know that IT system you built to hold uh, the records of people who were being held in police stations, or the records of all the bits of paper that have to go to courts, and all those kind of admin yeah, yeah. systems. And you think, oh, you know, the uh, both in the states and in the UK, government uh, IT systems built by governments are notorious for being. You know, expensive, slow, poor performing. Right. I mean, it's just a you know, government IT is just a watchword for poor. And uh, and then all of a sudden, somebody goes, actually, but did you know, just round the corner in the other government department, they've invented a machine which can monitor the entire internet and capture every single email and analyze it and tap wire, uh, tap fiber optic cables and you know, etc., etc., etc. And it's amazing. So so it really opens people's eyes about what's been going on. But it also raises some questions around actually genuinely how secure are these services because presumably even if even if the it takes huge resources of of the NSA and the intelligence agencies in the UK you, um, in the UK North America um, what other agencies might be looking at those data might have similar capabilities mm. and then if they can do it to what extent might organized crime or spy or, or, or corporate espionage or hackers yeah. or even just people misbehaving because of course the whole thing kicked off here was Edward Snowden saw something he didn't like, and and you know whether you think he's right or wrong is a massive political debate we won't go into on the show. But 
He was disgruntled and he leaked all those secrets. Well, what yeah. happens when the man from a mobile operator decides that he doesn't like you and McLeod and he's going to, you know, those saucy text messages you send me, he's going to start, you know, emailing them to so That's wife. why you and I have moved to WhatsApp now, It right? is, that is, it's the paragon of security. So it's been really interesting. So let's start off with, with recapping. Well, yeah, so we should talk about how we feel. Well, re- let's recap at impact on us, mm. as it were, because, Rafe, you started off uh, when we were talking about this before and you sort of said, actually, I'm not sure if I, I care that much, you know, which is, I, I don't know, I don't know whether or not I feel you know, worried by the fact that government is looking at my data. Yeah, I mean, I've always worked under the assumption that someone is because I know from a technical point of view, it's not that difficult to right. do. And none of the conversations I have over the phone or email are particularly private as far as I'm concerned. Uh, it's that kind of rule with technology that you don't put stuff on email or over the phone that you wouldn't say to someone face-to-face. Now, that doesn't mean there aren't things I wouldn't want to get out. And I guess the lazy argument that always comes out, and you know, I've got nothing to hide. I don't agree with that because I think if that kind of data is being collected, it doesn't have to be that you're doing something wrong. Your reputation can still be damaged if something gets out. If people know that I've been using an Android device or an iPhone, no one's going to visit all about Windows Phone well, exactly. anymore. So, you know, Vodafone could potentially spill a lot of secrets about my That bland for keeps on going on about Nokia when actually he's rocking an iPhone. Exactly. Of course, I'm joking there, but that's where the security thing comes in. And so, you know, yes, I think it is a legitimate concern. Uh, so it then becomes, you know, what can you do about it and what sort of areas we could be concerned but, but, about. But I, I know you're, you're like a super digital kind of guy and you store files in the cloud and you live in your email and so on and so forth. So how, how do you, how do you, how could any regular person, not how does Ray Frankfurt have super skills, you know, but how could, how can any normal person even begin to understand, or, you know, the risks and, and the, uh, and the, the the implications of putting something into the cloud. For example, if I put a file on Dropbox, how can I know whether that's a good idea or a bad idea? I think the simple answer is you can't know. Um, I wouldn't say this problem is actually necessarily specific to digital. I mean, it's the same idea that is keeping all your utility bills in a filing cabinet that isn't locked somewhere in your house particularly safe. Well, even uh, if it is locked. Uh, or even if it is locked. Yeah, and in I, fact, I what think... happens, because you can secure the printed copy, but you can't secure the guy logging in with unauthorized access. Well, I was going to say, actually, the the problem with digital is it's much more accessible in terms of other people can log in and potentially copy stuff. And I think that's where the concern comes from. It's that that barrier to sort of steal data is so much lower. As we've seen with the massive leaks that happen, it's, it's not just one or two things. This isn't, you know, blunt copying some documents, which was bad enough. This is gigabytes of the stuff. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about, you know, security information with the security services. It can be about personal data. We see all the time leaks from various companies that the passwords have been compromised and Mm. data can get out that way. But to answer your question, honestly, I don't think there is any way for most people to sort of have an awareness. I mean, you'll see things like the padlock. Everyone's been trained to recognize the padlock on shopping sites and you get that on cloud storage sites as well. People think, oh, that means it's secure. Actually, most of the insecurity comes from social engineering, people giving away their passwords inadvertently or something like that. And so I would be a proponent that there needs to be better education now, be that 
at school or is that the responsibility of the, the, the companies providing these services to make you aware that there is actually a risk associated with storing your data in the cloud? The thing that often worries me as well is that increasingly the, the, the reason I mentioned Edward Snowden at the, the outset was not because we're going to talk loads about spying, but it really struck me that if you want to compromise someone's security if you want to find out about them there's two things you do now which seems to have have really marked a change one is you don't spy on them you spy on the people providing them a service so you for example um the the intelligence agencies have hacked into google and yahoo um into you know they've they've intercepted data between the data centers in order to to extract data from those providers and then they also have what's called legal intercept or 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 various mechanisms whereby they can compel those companies to disclose information but they're actually they've gone a step beyond that Mm -hmm. and it it may be it may be legal but they're actually now in, in you know looking directly at the data that these companies hold and then the other thing was that, as Rafe hinted at, it was in the digital world, you leave such a massive footprint. Mm-hmm. Just the business of having a, a cell phone turned on leaves such a trail of information about where you've been, who you've been talking to. And that's even before you then begin to apply, you know, looking at, you know, the, the, the phone numbers, as it were, and, you know, kind and of what you were the, doing the, the patterns and those sorts of things. Mm. Actually, that, that now um, so much of my security, I, I hand off to... And, and security and privacy, I hand off to third parties without even realizing that I'm giving it up. For example, when you know, when I turn my phone on, do I realize that actually what I'm doing is reporting almost minute by minute to my mobile uh, phone provider where I am? And to anybody that happens to compel them or illegally or legally access their data, so it's not just to them. Yeah, and, and make, make no mistake, I mean, this is data that is beyond your control. It's one thing talking about cloud stuff that you actually have access to yourself, but if you choose to use a mobile phone, you basically have no choice but to give away this data, and it remains stored for you know, long periods of time. We've seen several recent criminal cases where convictions have been made based on um, basically cell tower records dating back a decade and one assumes that's going to continue and it can you know also be for phone calls to prove that you've been in contact with someone and things like that uh, we're not saying that it's automatically a bad thing but there isn't really that awareness that you know effectively by having a phone you are creating a location trail we we all travel fairly frequently yeah so how do the rules change when you cross cross country borders because for example we, yeah, the terms and conditions of the data. Well, we, we live in we live in the UK, right. and and reluctantly or otherwise, maybe uh, you know, subject to the laws of, of this country, and we we may not, as as Rafe was explaining, you know, we may not fully understand the data that we're giving up, but at least sort of there is some sense that that it's common for all of us, and, mm. and we have and we have some expectation that it's it, that it's consistent. But what about when I visited Russia last year? And I continued to use my mobile device in that country. Or what about the year before when I visited China? And I'm going to pick those out as obvious, obvious countries that have different, uh, you know, different in, uh, intelligence infrastructures mm. and, diff- and different sort of forms of government. And I'm not saying they're any more right or wrong. But you know, my contract with my mobile phone provider remains the same. No one says, "Oh, by the way, it's going to cost you this many pounds a megabyte," and somebody's going to be going through your data to see if you're doing any interesting commercial deals to see if there might be some benefit. I tell you what, I do place a very high um, premium on these these organizations. I'm expecting them to invest you know, significantly to make sure this, this kind of thing doesn't happen. 
But I wonder if my expectations aren't quite well placed if I'm not paying for anything. I do like to pay for things because then I, I I think okay that means I can demand a service level and hopefully you then get a service level. But I do you. So you're asking about where I store things, and I, I I'm embarrassed to say I don't actually use anything. Like, have you come across Cloak? You know, Cloak um, is I think it's Get Cloak or Cloak. You can install on your your laptop. It's, it's it, a VPN service right, yeah. using coffee shops. Kind of a privacy yeah. thing. Yeah, um, yeah. Don't I, I tried it? And then the problem is Wi-Fi is so bad in a coffee shop or on BT Open Zone or anything. It's so slow anyway that. If you then put a VPN on top of it to try and mask things and give you a bit of security, it's almost unusable. It's been my experience. And I wonder if that's the same. <laughs> that's the model that I apply to everything in that I just use Google. I just use Dropbox. I, I don't think I've changed. I've just, if anything, my concern has loosened. Ray Flanford. They, they can access it anyway. What's the point? I haven't changed my behavior as a result of this. I think partly because I probably was better informed than the average consumer about Ray what's Blanford, out there in the cloud. I, better informed uh, than you. <laughs> um, I, and I think the, the same would apply to most of our listeners, but it did make me think about it more going, actually, there's a real chance that someone out there could be reading it. Now, I honestly don't think I'm saying anything interesting enough, but there are clearly scenarios which might have a personal impact well, on Well, here's interesting. So uh, if, um, if HTC wants to know what's coming up, Right, um, from Microsoft or Nokia, as they previously known, um, and you are obviously having lots of conversations about that. Now, Nokia's Microsoft security might be that really high, but if they want to know what's happening, a little, a, little, a few taps somewhere, they can access your account and see what's coming up. Well, Although I, everyone I, fondly thinks that the media have early access to everything, we're pretty right, much well, right, well, the, well, same the media might, but Blanford, hold on. And, and another example: Bloomberg journalists admitted recently that they used access to the Bloomberg messaging system, which is a, a yeah. tool that's widely used by financial institutions uh, to, you know, to get financial data, but also to exchange messages as well, uh, in, to research their stories. Mm. Now, I think that was acknowledged as wrong, and, and, mm. and, and they've, they've, they've stopped that. But again, it's going to make me think not so much about the spies, because I think Brave's right that you can't do anything about that. And to a certain extent, I think you have to trust someone and... I'm obliged to trust my government to look after me, so maybe I have to trust them about this too. But um, I'm going to be thinking jolly carefully about putting information into corporate networks and those sorts of things, about putting information into, uh, about releasing the information like that, and also thinking much more um, about when, when something bad happens, you know, when, when some details get leaked, mm. trying to make sure that I, you know, you, I make those make those companies really properly accountable. Look for the look for the source because I think yeah. the temptation is to shrug off. Oh well, it was only a small leak, you know. And that's why I'd say my behaviour probably has changed as a result of this. It's about informed decisions about where you put stuff, and I do think about it more now. And I am making more of an effort to do good password behaviour. Yeah. You know, to, for example, on the Google you know, services, Microsoft, so the Apple services, you can do. Um, dual factor authentication. I think everyone should be doing that if they're not already. Oh, yeah, I've got that on my Google actually. You know, yeah, it, you got it, that. It's good practice, yeah. but the number of people who've actually chosen to implement that is shockingly low. I mean, I think it's in the low single percentage figures of well, Facebook all of those. That, yeah, and, and lots of servers are doing it. And I'd encourage people to use more of that. And I'm trying to use it more myself. I'm certainly not perfect. And 
I, I'd be the first to admit I do have several services which I kind of have a throwaway password which is common across all of them, probably like a lot of people. Is it but a dog? I did deliberately make an effort for all the important ones to have something Echo. different. <laughs> no, it's not, but it was a good guess. Oh, right. no, thank you. Ra- Ra- Rafey Big Boy 99. <laughs> so uh, I think this, this, is one, this is one that tends to be Goes, it goes from the technical to the emotive quite quickly. Mm. And, and it, 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 Is that the only solution, though, dealing with it in your mind? No, because I think the, 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 way you, if, the way you feel about using these services matters because the, these services have long since... Email isn't about sending bytes down a wire and being impressed about you know, store and forward and mm. resilience. Email is now about the way that you and I coordinate you know, our lives or have yeah. a discussion or share our views. And, and now it seems that... You know, some of those things are some of those things are less secure than they were previously. And you know, c- corporate uh, corporate break-ins and the the in the UK the newspaper phone hacking scandal and those sorts of things. So also suggest that the companies who look after our data haven't been quite as, as careful as they should be, or have have been willing to to invade that privacy mm. beyond what we would have expected. You know, for for their own gain in a number of cases. So I'm going to be you know sort of more reticent about that. And and actually feeling nervous or feeling anxious or feeling unhappy about that matters it you know whether it whether, or, whether or not that's uh, justified anxiety you know is is still something to be avoided uh, i think more than anything what's come out as a result of this is this knowledge you can implement perfect behavior yourself on all the paths and things like that but that doesn't mean your data is safe because as ben was explaining earlier all of these services can be accessed at this higher level and somehow your data can be compromised regardless of what you do and i think that is the bit that does give me a bit more you know pause for thought and think about it you know however good i am if it's being intercepted at some other level or the encryption is compromised in some ways which is all possible as has come out as a result of these leaks yeah it's certainly I, i don't think you can go the kind of the tinfoil hat brigade to be paranoid about it totally but certainly a, a greater awareness is a good thing okay so if you're still listening you can take off your tinfoil hat now uh and uh, we now have some listeners letters that we have intercepted and are going to fully disclose albeit with permission on this occasion um this week we have a prize from uh, phones for you. Uh, we have uh, you can the, the, this week's this week's uh, letter of the week wins uh, fifty pounds of uh, phones for you vouchers for accessories and good stuff. So uh, we will come to that at the end. But first of all, let's let's cover off a few emails. So uh, yeah, how's it going to work? By the way, we're going to read out some emails. We're going to read out some emails, a... and then we will do the fight. Yeah, at the okay. conclusion, we will do the letter of the Excellent. week. Excellent. So Rafe Blanford, you are up first. Okay, we've had a comment on the website from Gavin Wyman, who's commenting on the. Tra- travel rules podcast we did uh, back in episode two and saying that uh, do you remember episode two it was uh, different i can remember when all this was fields all this podcast was <laughs> that's right talking about an extra rule that we should have and talking about how in large tourist sites and museums you get these audio guides and wouldn't it be great if these audio guides could be part of the mobile app absolutely it would be a great idea i mean it's the kind of thing that is sensible gavin did make a few extra rules quite happy to pay for it and because you know we appreciate that these audio guides are a source of revenue absolutely right 
make the payment nice and easy as we mentioned also said that you should be able to download it before you go yes you should be able to download it before you even uh, get into the for, country for or do rubbish, it from the hotel you know pack that you've got to download that's nonsense yeah. uh, and honestly this is a great example idea, of where mobile can actually be better than the alternative because honestly listening on your own phone on your own set of headphones much better so yeah that's a, a great addition to our mobile travel apps rules one from me now there's an email from uh, Richard Yates and, uh, and Richard actually emailed in about last week's uh, emailed in for last week's podcast uh, so he's begging to win an HTC one and, and sorry Richard you didn't but there are still three more to, to get later in the series so keep emailing in but he was just saying um, with uh, with OS 10.2.1 on BlackBerry you remember them BlackBerry oh come on <laughs> basically he, he's, say, he's saying now that um, now that you can start to download um, 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 Android apps from the from other stores like like Amazon yes. is that going to is that going to save them? Sorry, Richard, I'm paraphrasing, but that's that broadly. He's um, he's saying that uh, he doesn't re- he doesn't really rate ten to one. I my in, in my view, Richard, I think it's it is too late. It's an interesting idea, but it was always a it was always a workaround to address the fact that no one was building for the ecosystem. And mm. my experience of using Android apps to date on BlackBerry is that it feels so alien and so jarring when you start to see Android style pop-ups and things like that that actually it's not a great it's not a great experience and it's nowhere near close enough to being good enough and frankly my Q10 has been in the drawer now for months it hasn't even got 1021 on it I'm not bothering to even update it anymore oh that lovely keyboard uh, so you and McLeod right yes okay, I have a question from Gavin Culverhouse and he's talking about uh, he says it's interesting you're on a panel with a chat from Skyscanner as I always find flight tools or find the flight tools are missing the killer feature I want. And he would like the ability to be able to say, uh, to specify more than the standard, more than the basic options of I'm going A to B. He likes to be able to specify almost everything. Um, and I, I do I do agree with him here because I'd like to be able to say, look, I want to go somewhere in Europe. Uh, it must be business class. Um, it must be under 500 pounds. And it must leave 10 a.m. in the morning from London Heathrow Terminal 5 um, and it must uh, um, it must come back in the evening or something. He uh, he's making a, a smart point that you you should have a lot more uh, it, it's, options available. It's for. like searches on searches on the quality of the experience rather than. Um, yeah. Although it's interesting because uh, in the UK and I think in the US, there's a travel web- website I like called Mr and Mrs Smith for obvious reasons, and uh-huh. basically they they do. Um, they do sort of high-end hotels and things, right? And their webs, their mobile app, when you go in, is literally a kind of a, 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 a two two-door option. You know, go left for uh, searching on, on specific dates and places. Go right to browse different types, and you can say, "Oh, I want a Caribbean holiday, mm. or I want a European holiday." And it's not quite what Gavin's saying, but it's a bit closer to it. It's basically more options and more capabilities. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he says, "Should he take you to Dragon's Den?" I, I'm not sure that that. I'm not sure that there's a. I'm not sure there's a new business in it, but I think it would be really interesting to see the apps mature and help you find different ways of discovering stuff. And I really liked City Mapper that you mentioned yes. the other week. And they should, I think that some of the Skyscanner and people like that should apply that idea to their apps, which is don't just plan me the, the, uh, the airfare from my house. You know, which, yes. air, which airport should I drive to to get the best flight? when you consider that I might have to drive or park or get a transfer, and when I land at the other end, should I land at the nearby airport and pay more, or should I land at the faraway airport and rent a car? And if I rent a car, how much is that going to cost? Yeah, and yeah. Do, do my whole experience. Yeah, and also, or, or the other side is take the choice out of it, because I just, we're having a problem at the minute. We want to go away at Christmas with the children, right? Don't know what to do or where to go. And when we went to the local Thompsons, uh, they just went, oh, Turkey. Well, yeah, okay, why? Um... 
because we're, we've got, we're we selling that. Them, so. Yeah. <laughs> so a good good point, Gavin. Yeah, uh, nice one. I, I definitely th- thanks for the thanks for the suggestion. Thank I, don't, you, Gavin. I don't know if it's one for Dragons Den, but if you go on, uh, we will definitely cheerlead for you. Uh, I Twitter. hope he's enjoying his iPhone sent from his iPhone. Sent from his iPhone. You got to change the default okay. uh, thingy, Gavin. There we go on your email. Last one before thing. Last one before letter of the week this week. Um, uh, I'll, I'll pick it up but uh, Nick Robertson's written in he says now that KitKat 4.4 is here I think that's an Android thing is it do people still use Android anyway um, uh, and, and, I think it's still going and he's saying as as usual the fanboys are going nuts uh, and, and whether they'll get their, their Galaxy to run KitKat but he says does it really matter with all the providers putting skins on, on the various well, stations the problem isn't it and, and I think I think the answer is yes and no there you go. So oh, there you go. <laughs> Next. <laughs> so I, I, I don't think it will matter one jot about the, the way it looks and feels, precisely because of the way what Nick said, that, mm. that everyone skins it. But there are some changes in Android that really worry me, which is the switch, for example, to using the Chrome browser rather than the Android browser and some technical changes. And I'm, I'm not a techie, but for me as a developer – the bits of my app that use web views or that you know rely on that technology or yeah. have gestures and swiping and things like that in them, I'm going to need to seriously think about how this minor point release is going to change the way our apps work. And it, it could be actually, I I think it, for some for developers of apps that use those areas, it could it could be actually quite a lot more work than they anticipate. There's definitely some potential pain point in 4.4. But if we turn it around the other way, is that a good thing? It is going to make low-cost Android devices, which don't have a lot of RAM, two, five, six megabytes of RAM, it's going to make those a bit more polished in performance terms. So I think that's going to have an important impact next year on mm. low-cost Android devices, and that's where 4.4 matters for me. Well, and in my view, all Android devices should be low-cost because they're in the bargain bin because they're rubbish. Okay, um, Ewan, go on. Do our, letter, do our letter of the week and the winner of £50 worth of uh, Phones for You vouchers. Okay, this one comes from Phil Mosseshead, and uh, Phil says, "Hi, I would like to enter the, the competition." I think that's the smart way to begin your email. That is straight to the point, Phil. Yeah. Uh, my question is: Okay, I'm going to read this one because I think uh, it does. Uh, uh, it's worth the effort. Get ready. In the age of always connected phones, configured with work and personal emails, work contacts, personal contacts, corporate social networks, LinkedIn, uh, personal social networks, Facebook, and so on, is it harder to leave your work life alone when on holiday? Or does it niggle on most people's holidays? And is it time for smartphones to differentiate the two? Uh, Phil, can I say BlackBerry Balance at you? Because uh, BlackBerry did their best at trying to bring this out. I don't think it really resonated with a lot of people. And can I top that by saying E-Series Switch Mode, which was long before BlackBerry Balance? Dear me, it's, it's, it's reign of the cheerleaders. Well, and you see, he finishes by saying, I value my personal time with my family, but also run a small business from my smartphone. Uh, PS, check out BizCrowd, Phil. I just had to do a little promotion there. Okay. Uh, I wasn't aware you were paying for adverts. Oh, no. <laughs> all right, all right. Can I can I draw your attention to the um, the cake uh, last episode? Uh, it's hard to balance the two. Looking forward to see if you use my question. Well, we have used your question, Phil, and I think it's an excellent one. Yes, yeah, congratulations, you win. And uh, let me tell you why I think he he deserves to win. Uh, I think this is a critical issue for all of us. I think especially if you have one phone, if you have one corporate phone, uh, one phone supplied by a company, or uh, if, you're, if you're self-employed and you've got your own phone with everything on it, it's very, very difficult to not reach for that email inbox, or especially if you're getting pushed SMS updates or anything from your business. I find that incredibly difficult to switch off. But actually, I, I wonder if you guys are the same, and I, and I wonder if the listeners feel the same as me here. I actually have developed a 
an ability to switch off. If I am on holiday, I will switch off. Now, my wife, I think, disagrees with me here, but I take more <laughs> more value from actually checking my email and just going, is everything okay? And you'll see everything come in and you think, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. If there's anything ultra, ultra, ultra urgent, I'll deal with it. But if I've prepared, there will never be anything ultra urgent. It's just nice to know there isn't. Then I can go and enjoy the time with my family. Thoughts? I, I... So I prefer it. I prefer knowing there's nothing gone wrong so I can carry on the day. I, I don't work in a business where I could be away for five days and no one would ever send me one email that would make me think, oh, I need to answer that. Or, oh, that worries me. Or, oh, that's a bit wrong. You know, now partly that's maybe I'm a bit of a control freak or, but, you know, I, I don't think I could I- ignore a question from a valuable customer, even if that customer's got my, hey, I'm out of the office this week, you know, talk to my number two. I don't know. Don't talk to my number two. That sounds rude. Uh, talk, <laughs> talk to, talk to, talk to, talk to my, my colleague Colin, about yeah, this, right. you know, or whatever. I'd still think, ah, that, but that's, that's a really valuable customer and I know what they're asking about because I talked to them about it last week and it would just absolutely. So I think it's a really massive issue. And I, I, I went really low tech. I try I carry two phones and I try to keep them separate. You know, like I've got a work phone and a and a, and a personal phone because um, I thought this is a good way to separate it because I literally will turn one off and then the other one will just be for me. But are you panicking then about all the stuff that's happening? That, that lasted five minutes. Yeah, it was just too much hassle. And then one ran out of battery and I had to, you know, I set up all the mail accounts in both phones because... Just to they, check. They, well, just because, because like it, there was some day when it ran out of juice and, you know, and in the end you end up with two phones plugged into all your mail accounts. So I'm back to everything being on every device and not being able to switch off and being anxious about not being able to switch off because kind of being torn between the importance of people who aren't in the room and the importance of the people who are around me. So I think it's a, a massive issue. And I think actually the we joked earlier about Blackberry Balance and, and, and Microsoft and uh, sorry, Nokia switch mode, but the um I think they missed the point that they presume that it's just a switch and you can just say, yeah, off. But you know, Phil says he runs his own business. Yeah. So, you know, does he stop caring about his business? Well, if, if that 100 grand order arrives in and they want to know whether you can deliver it tomorrow, you want to get back to them to say yes or no. You know, you want to get back immediately, right? It's a brilliant question, Phil. And I think actually it's it, it, on the face of it, it seems like a simple one. But actually it's about the way that mobile tech's changing our lives. And I think it's really interesting and it's one that we should come back to. So thank you very much. We have run massively over, so we will move on. Phil, uh, I will be in touch to sort out your price. Thank you very much. And we've got more uh, vouchers to give away, or we've got more um, freebies from phones for you to give away later in the series, and also some more phones from uh, from O2. So jolly good. Thank you very much for your time, gentlemen. Lots of love. Well, indeed. And uh, thank we're, you. we're all going to go away and think very deeply about our security now. Indeed. And we're putting on our raincoats and our, getting our big uh, big papers with the eye holes cut out. We're yes. going to sit on the tube on the way home. Tin hat. Tin hat. Uh, as ever, we'd be grateful for your comments and feedback. Uh, leave them in any anywhere that you would like, and we will pick them up from the dre- dead letter drop when it's convenient to us. <laughs> uh, comment, on, comment on the podcast wherever you hear this. You can tweet us at 361podcast. You can email us through the website. Go to 361podcast.com. Or alternatively, you could just scream futilely into your laptop in the hope that we can hear the abuse. As ever, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you can comment, subscribe, and catch up with previous episodes at 361podcast.com. If you're an iTunes user, we'd be jolly grateful for a five-star review. There's a link and pictures of how to rate the show at 361podcast.com slash rate. 
each review makes it lots easier for new listeners to find us. Thank you.